All right. So, you know, we can, like, I love to think about the bigness of God. I love to think about the bigness of the mission of the kingdom and the purpose of the church and how we're called into this amazing story that spans thousands of years, right? And I love to think about how no matter how expansive the universe is, it is always within reach of God. In fact, it is always in the, in, in the hand of God, this idea. I love expansive. This, I write songs about how big God is, right? And, um, and that's good because that's in the Bible too, right? God is a big God. God is a great God. Um, and, and yet, there's something that's a little bit dangerous about, about that if we're not careful because, um, because we can equate bigness and greatness with, with goodness and with um, merit, right? If something is big and powerful, that, that can look like favor, that can look like importance. We equate importance with those things. Right? And what's funny is that even though that is kind of the only story that we're presented with in the world that we live in, right? Is that the way that God has done it is not so big. Right? The way that he chose to do this thing, the way that he chose to, um, to redeem humanity, to pull the story back, even the way that he chose to birth this thing, it's, it's really not so big. It's really not something that's steeped in power, right? And professionalism. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how Jesus you know, went around, and we would say that Jesus was a great storyteller, right? I'm, I, I'm good with the noise. It's okay. This is, this is part of the chaos of, of everything, and we are, as we've talked about before, we're going to work on creating a good space for everybody, but we're, seriously, this is, it's, it's good. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so Jesus was a good storyteller, how many people were continually confused by Jesus' storytelling? Everybody. Everybody. So if I got up and every week said things that made very little sense to you, that would... I would be like Jesus. So I'm so grateful that he set the bar so low. No, what? Okay. I was thinking about what are, the, what are the talents and gifts of Jesus that we see, the places that he moves in power, the places that he's really in control, right? Because if you look at your life, there are probably areas that are areas of strength and areas of weakness, right? I have that in my life. There are areas where if you put me into that situation, I am the master of that environment. And I love being that guy. I had a job uh, where I managed a bookstore for a number of years, and I knew every, every part of every system, 
I was, I was great in that environment. I had the answer to every question that any of my staff had. Basically, almost 100% of the time. I really knew that world. And I thrived in that world. And I was rewarded in that world. And I really liked that feeling. Right? And then there are other environments that Liv could probably go <laughs> on and on and on about where I am not in strength, where I am in weakness, where I am outside of my element, right? And where I'm not going to convey a level of professionalism, and I'm not going to have all the answers, and I might resemble more like a deer in headlights than the master of my environment, right? And so I was thinking, you know, even Jesus, like how did he... How did he present in strength? You know, he kept on blowing off the masses of people who would come. And why were they there? Well, they were there because he was doing acts of power. And he was communicating something that they, they knew tasted good. Something that they knew was compelling and, but confusing. But then he would go and, and often blow it up and reduce it down to the very fewest number of people who were willing to follow him. Right? And, and he presented himself. Um, he, he did not choose a place of power to come from so that he had extra authority. Right? He didn't clothe himself in such a manner as to attract lots of people to him. He was homeless for the most part, he didn't know where he was going to sleep. He was a terrible organizer for parties. I mean, can you imagine having 5,000 people show up and you don't have any, any refreshments? You don't have a plan. Right? I'm overstating things a little bit here. But my point is that it's easy for us to look back and we can see at least 2,000 years of people following the message of Jesus. And we can see how his message and his gospel transformed Society in lots of ways, right? But in the moment, in the moment, he presided over a kingdom of little things. He presided over a kingdom of unimpressive people. An unimpressive group of people who were not particularly well trained in the things that he was calling them to, right? Peter and Andrew, what did he say? Come, I want to make you fishers of men. Well, they were fishers of fish. And I happen to know that those two skill sets don't correlate very well. Right? This is something. I don't look and see a great fisherman and go, you are going to be a fantastic communicator. These are not necessarily the same things. And I think it's helpful for us and important for us to anchor ourselves into um, a healthy vision of how God builds his kingdom, right? Because I knew that this morning was going to be a challenging Sunday. I knew that this morning was going to be a somewhat empty gathering, a somewhat empty room. Is that okay? Is it okay that we have maybe not thrown our lot in with something that's an obvious winning horse? Right? Because that's what I feel like we're compelled. That's what I like to do. I like to be on the winning team. Right? I like to be on the winning team. So I want to read something here. 
And, uh, and we are likely over the course of the next year going to come back to this and come back to this and come back to this, hopefully over the course of the entire duration of whatever this looks like. Because Jesus, um, you know, he, he didn't give a lot in the way of what we would call sermons. He told a lot of stories. But in Matthew 5, he... Uh, Matthew 5, he starts talking about who's blessed. And, uh, and blessed is an interesting word, right? Because we can say, oh, I was really blessed by something nice that took place. That really, that really blessed me. What do we mean when we say that? Made me feel good, Right? Made me feel happy. That's, that's part of the translation. That is a, that is a sort of fair translation, right? Happy. Um, noticed. So I'm going to read through these Beatitudes, these blessed are, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, the world. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. I just want to say poor. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is a list of things that do not translate into tremendous power or impressive anything. Right? Particularly when we take into context the world into which this is being spoken. Right? Blessed are the peacemakers to a group of people who are who are being oppressed and controlled and bullied by another power, right? Blessed is a peacemaker, and that might look like blessed or like that. That might look like the weak road. That might look like the cop out, right? Because people want wanted power. They wanted to be free. They wanted to have control of their own destiny again. And blessed are the peacemakers with Rome. That's a powerful and controversial thing to, 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 to put out there, right? So where I really want to kind of focus in this morning a little bit is on this blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So, let's do this. Who knows what the word meekness by the way, the fact that this is shaking means that it's even worse than real life. So my handwriting is actually not, not that bad. I just need to say that because I don't want to look that incompetent. Okay, meekness. Who wants to, who wants to talk about what you think of when you think of the word meek? Humble. Lacking power. 
What else? Going low. What else? Ah. That's a great sentence. I'm just trying to think of how to write it quickly. Power unused. Power restrained. That's it. There you go. Any other thoughts? So, if I'm an, if I'm if I'm trying to um, build a winning team, so I I, I want to play uh, ultimate frisbee, which I can't do anymore. But that's unless Jesus heals me, which would be fine in my knees. But let's say I want to I build a winning ultimate frisbee team. And I want to win. I don't want to win in the Waterloo League. I want to win in the Guelph League. And I'm pretty sure that the Guelph League would smoke the Waterloo League. So, so what, am, I, am I looking for any of these traits in, a, in building a winning team of people? Right? Well, why not? Jesus said, that this is, Jesus said that this is what we want, right? This is what he wants. You, <laughs> you would. In Ultimate Frisbee, you would win the Spirit Award. That's true. Thanks for trying, kids. <laughs> Most improved. That's great. <laughs> okay. So what, what, what do we... So let's, let's change the question here. So we're, we're, we're going to try to build the um, we're going to try to build the winningest team. What kind of character traits are we looking for? Strong, Strong people. Ambition. Ambition. What else? Confidence. Stamina. Talent, skill, hungry. Wow, you know what's crazy, you guys? If I map out the pause, the the space in between the pauses for the words from the meekness exercise, do you know how long it took us to come up with other ways of describing meekness? As soon as we started asking, how do we win? We knew exactly what we wanted. Right? We knew exactly what we wanted. This, this reflects to us, by the way, same with me. This reflects to us a certain value that we have and a way of thinking that we're comfortable with. Right? So Jesus gets up and he's got this big crowd, and he starts listing off his A team. This is these, you know, this is my winning, this is my winning team, right? And he misses the boat. 
He loses his people. They don't understand. They're confused. Right? He says, you think it's been hard? It's going to get harder. Right? Now, let's look at, so let's just, let's give this, we've we've kind of explored meekness. Um, Now, let's talk about inheritance. I can't live with that E. I should get Maya to do this for me. Is that an E or an A? A. <laughs> yep. This is, this is me putting myself on display here. This is not a show of power. <laughs> Inheritance. Okay, let's do the same thing. Give me words. What are, what's coming to mind? Unearned. Yep. Gift. Expected. Okay, yeah, connected, sure. A promise, yeah. Launching pad. Game changer, okay. What does it look like for people who have a self-earned fortune, self-made fortune? Who do we think of? What, what kinds of things do we think about? Hard work. Is that appetite? Sacrifice. Earned. Anything else? Hmm? Planning. Let's say strategic. Reputation. Lucky. Yep, that's got some weight. All right. So who do you want to know? Who, who do you trust? You, you, you encounter somebody who uh, is a person of means... Which of, these, which of these two kind of characteristics, these, these traits, who do you want on your team? With the exception of maybe the last word, which was a really, that's, that's a powerful thing, though. 
Um, but with the exception of that last word, I, I'll be honest with you. I want to know the person who, who, who made it themselves. That's the person I want on my team. Right? Um, if I'm in a room full of people who want to become... So, if I'm in a room full of people and they want to earn, or they want to create wealth, they want to create wealth, I am going to try to teach them to be on the right-hand column and, right, to put no weight on anything on the left-hand column because that would be foolishness to expect that. It would be foolishness to expect that you're going to be okay because of an inheritance. Inheritances are not terribly reliable. Right? Um, I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit cautious about people who have uh, stepped into positions of authority or power because of connections. I want, if I want to know that somebody earned their way into that spot. It makes me feel much more comfortable. Right? Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's powerful. So that's so what Brady's saying is this idea of somebody who has inherited a position but takes on this, this place of meekness and through meekness steps into the right-hand column, right? There's something, there's something powerful in that, for sure. What I'm, what I'm kind of driving at is the upside-downness of the group of people that God assembles together and what it means like to hold on to a promise because I feel like I feel like within the 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 church who I would say are stewards of the promise of the gospel who are stewards of and ideally we when somebody encounters the church they encounter some expression of the kingdom of God this is my hope this is my hope is that when they encounter us Right, individually and particularly us gathered, what is encountered is something that is a tangible expression of the kingdom of God. And, and so part of what can happen, though, is when we identify and, and, and kind of um, train ourselves to celebrate the, the kind of right-hand column of power, right? then what happens is that when we feel weak, we feel like we're losing. When we feel like we're not a-gamers, power changers, whatever, it can feel like we are, we are losing. We're on a losing team, right? And, and my, my th- I guess my thing this morning is to, is to sort of recognize that um, within this beatitude, this idea that blessed are the meek for, they, for they're going to inherit the world. Meekness is a beautiful thing, Right? 
It's a redeemable thing. I like what Brady said, the sort of framework of like being in a, so people who are inherit something and, and have a meekness, that combination is actually extremely powerful. And I never even really thought about that when you, when you kind of invert those things, right? Because it's like, okay, so because the meek, because you're meek, you're going to get the world, right? Well, yeah, so when, this is an interesting thing to pursue, to pursue meekness. And, and I think part of my, what I'm thinking and what I hear in the invitation of Jesus in this is it's a caution about our addiction to what looks like power and the hesitation that can happen when we look at our team and it's like we, we, would, we would typically go for the right-hand column, the metric, right, that says, you know, Somebody who's a hard worker, sacrifices, has earned everything they have. They're good planners. They're strategic. They have a good reputation, and they know how to take advantage of a good opportunity, right? Um, We want strong people who have ambition, who have confidence, right? They have talent, skill, stamina. They're hungry. These are when we're surrounded by when we're surrounded by that. It's like it's easy, right? It's easy to throw our lot in. And Jesus invites us to throw his lot in with him. And that can often look like gathering in weakness, right? Gathering in meekness. And why? Because this kingdom, this this embodied reflection of what the kingdom looks like, people people can walk in and encounter it in a half-empty room. We need to believe that that is true. We need to believe that, peop- that, that this, happened to, this has happened to lots of people. People can walk into a half-empty room and encounter a fullness of the kingdom, a fullness, not the fullness, because of who Jesus is and how he set this up. And so that's part of this, the invitation this morning is to, is to just kind of let go of this thing of, you know, when is the Guelph Vineyard going to be healthy? Well, it's going to be healthy when we have our own building and when we don't have to set up every Sunday. And when, and when, we, have, when we have a, a million-dollar annual budget and we have staff and we have feeding programs and we, have, and we can look and we can point at all these things and say, look at all of the evidences of the favor of God and all the evidences of the, of, of the work of the kingdom that's taking place here. And I'm just saying that the Beatitudes destroy that as a vision of what it looks like to be successful, right? Now, it's not to say that churches that are functioning in that or communities that are functioning in that are, are wrong or necessarily have lost the plot. I would never say that. But to suggest anything else for this place and to come with a full expectation that the kingdom of God can show up and transform us and others in a space like this with a group just like this with kids that are, you know, kind of making a bit of noise and doing the thing. If we don't believe it, then we have ceased, we have ceased to believe Jesus' most clear teaching. So, the Beatitudes. We're in this, and the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom of God is not reduced because we are not a full room of people. And that will never be true. It will never be true that these things will be correlated, right? So let's pray and then we can 
release, and you guys, thank you guys for coming. Um, Lord Jesus, we just, this morning, ask you, that you to come and to form and align our hearts to be able to recognize where the kingdom can flourish. And, to, and, and Lord, in, at least with our language, and you can agree with me if you want to, verbally or just in your heart, <laughs> we release our definitions of what it needs to look like in order for your kingdom to be on display. And God, we ask that your kingdom would be fully on display in this community of people. That in our meekness, in our weakness, we expect, God, that you can move. And Lord, we're not looking to give excuses or anything or to aim low. But God, you can meet us in the lowly places. And, and you can use us in the lowly places. Just like you used David to take out Goliath. Just like you used Andrew to introduce Peter to Jesus and then he just basically disappears. <laughs> God, we just give it to you. And we ask, Lord, that we would have the anticipation of a kingdom people on display in this community. In Jesus' name we pray.